Are the Giants back? That and more on the Charlie Jacobs podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, and I'm going to start off by talking about some football, but I'm really going to focus this podcast on talking about the start of the NBA season. It's starting tonight. I'm really excited. But before that, I want to talk about this week seven of the NFL season because there was a couple of big storylines. And first off, I'm going to start with the Bills. The Bills have been such a letdown, especially on defense, since they lost Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, and Tredavious White. Since losing those three guys, their defense is ranked among the worst in the NFL, which is kind of crazy considering how good they were at the start. But losing those three, it's huge for them. And the Bills, it's not looking too good for them right now, especially with the Jets' defense looking how they've been looking. Also, the Eagles' trading for Kevin Byard is kind of crazy. He was an all-pro safety a few years ago. He was great on Tennessee, especially with that Vrabel-Ran defense, and he's still a good player, but the Eagles gave up a fifth, a sixth, and Terrell Edmonds to get him, and for someone who was an All-Pro just a couple years ago, it's crazy to think that you only give up that, and it feels like the Titans might be dumping more veterans, maybe Derrick Henry, maybe some other guys, definitely not Jeffrey Simmons because he just re-signed him, but we'll see what happens with that, but yeah, it's a very interesting trade, and I think the Eagles win that trade for sure. Also, before I talk about my Giants, I want to talk about two players in specific. They're both defensive players, and they've been awesome this season. So this week, the game that Miles Garrett had was just incredible. That blocked field goal, I didn't know he was able to do that. He is such an athletic freak, and for the size that he is, I can't picture him really doing that. It's amazing. He also had two forced fumbles on his two sacks. He was dominant this weekend. He was dominant. The Browns would not have won that game without him. And yeah, it was close in the end, but coming off that really tough win against the Niners, having Miles Garrett do that, it's just crazy impressive. And then also the other player I want to talk about is Daniil Hunter. He's currently leading the league in sacks, and there's been a lot of rumors around him possibly being someone who's going to get traded. I don't know though now because the Vikings, after winning last night against the Niners, they are 3-4, and four, so we'll see what happens there, but Daniel Hunter's been playing awesome. And now on to the big story, in my opinion, of this week. The New York Giants. I think they're back. The schedule gets much easier, and our defense looks so much better. Kayvon, he had one and a half sacks. He's now tied for the sixth most sacks this NFL season. He is five and a half. And when you watch the games, it doesn't feel like he has that. A lot of them maybe have been coverage sacks, but he is playing better. Dexter Lawrence had two sacks. Deontay Banks has been not just the best rookie corner, in my opinion. Yes, Joey Porter Jr. is awesome, and Devon Witherspoon is awesome. Deontay Banks is arguably the best rookie corner, but at the same time, he's arguably already one of the better corners in the league. He's been that good. There were two plays that Terry McLaurin beat him in this game, but the coverage was still insane. And I still think Banks is a stud. It's just amazing. And then the linebackers for the Giants. Bobby Okereke, at the beginning, after the signing, the first few games, he wasn't great. And then in that Bills game, he was awesome. In this game, he was great. And then Micah McFadden, fifth-round pick last year. I'm just so surprised that he's playing this well. I didn't expect it. And he looks awesome out there, and I'm really happy to have him because that's what teams need to win. They need to hit on those late-round draft picks. But yeah, the Giants' defense does look a lot better. With how our D-line played against Washington, Leonard Williams was awesome, Dexter was awesome, and Kayvon was awesome. 
and also against the Bills. It's kind of reminding me of the Super Bowl days with Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, OCU Manura, and Jason Pierre-Paul when our D-line was unstoppable. It's giving shades of that. Speaking of those two Super Bowls, though, I think Tuck should have won the MVP for both of them. I'm kind of surprised he didn't. Yes, Eli Manning is amazing, and he was awesome in those games, and he was awesome in those playoffs. But in both of those Super Bowls, Tuck was the best player on the field. And he really stepped up when the lights were brightest. But back to 2023, as I said earlier, the schedule gets easier. So far this season, if you look at it, going into the season, we've won the games that we expected to win. The teams we have lost to are the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, and the Bills. And for the Bills, yes, that was a little bit of a weird game. But still, going into the season, we would have expected to lose those five games. We beat the Cardinals, which we expected, and Washington, that's always a tricky one. I thought we were going to win going into the season, and we did win, so that's awesome. Next week, the Giants play the Jets. That's going to be a defensive slugfest, as both the defenses look great right now. The Jets' defense has looked great all season. The Giants' defense has really started to step up. We're also, hopefully this week, I think we will, Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz, and Evan Neal will be back. We can have an offensive line where we don't have to plug-and-play people off the practice squad. Justin Pugh has been awesome. He's going to go back to left guard, which is a natural position if Thomas does come back. But, yeah, overall, biggest takeaway, the Giants' defense looks much better, and I'm really happy. I'm excited. I get to root for my team to perform well rather than root for them to tank for a good draft pick. I guess we'll see where the season goes from here, but right now it feels really good because of that win. Now, that's my football talk for the week, and I really want to focus on this NBA season. It starts tonight, the Lakers are playing in Denver, and then the Suns are playing in Golden State. For the Suns, Bradley Beal already not expected to play, which is kind of ironic, especially because they traded for him. I just can't wait to watch Jokic tonight, though. And speaking of Jokic, I think Denver is going to win it all again. They only lost Bruce Brown, really, in the offseason. Other than that, Christian Brown is going to need to step up, but I think he can. Denver always hits on their late-round draft picks. They have in the past few years, as I said, Christian Brown. And I think there's going to be some players that really step up and are good role players for this team because Jokic is one of those special players that makes all the other people around him better. It's amazing what he could do, and I just think Jokic is going to be even better this season. Jokic is one of those players that you have to see to believe because when you hear about it, it just doesn't make sense that he's this good. It's crazy. He's amazing. Next up, I want to talk a little bit about Giannis. So Giannis this season is going to have to defend a lot more than he has to in the past few years. Yes, Brooke Lopez is still a great defender, but Giannis is really going to need to play defense because they gave up Drew Holiday. They ended up getting Damian Lillard and Drew Holiday was the defensive anchor of that team. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, maybe the best. And Damian Lillard is not a good defender. He's a great shooter. They replace defense with shooting, so we'll see what happens there. But Giannis is going to need to step up with that defense. I can't wait to watch the pick and roll between Dame and Giannis. And also, Giannis is going to easily be able to kick it out to Dame. And Dame's actually going to make a lot of his threes, unlike some other years with the Bucs where their shooting is very inconsistent. Next up, the Boston Celtics. They have four players on their team who I think could all have a game where they're the best player on the court. Jason Tatum... He's awesome. He's Jason Tatum. That's very self-explanatory. He's just such a great player, and 
I'm a Knicks fan. I don't really like the Celtics, but watching Tatum is very fun. Jalen Brown has his moments, like in that playoff run when they lost to the Warriors in the finals. He looked better in the finals than Tatum did. Also, Drew Holiday now on that team. As I said when I was talking about the Bucks, Drew Holiday is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Having that on your team and on those nights where he makes his shots that he scores, he can be the best player out there. And then the last person, Christoph Porzingis. He's coming off his best season. He's been a knockdown three-point shooter, at least in preseason. It's crazy just how high he could reach up, and it's so hard to block his shot unless you're named Victor Wembanyama. Even then, it's probably very hard. But coming off his best season, great three-point shooter, and he could just take over a game. Also, Derek White, great player. I'm not saying he could be the best of the court. He could. We'll see. But he's still a very good player, good defender, good all-around player for the Celtics. And then off the bench, Peyton Pritchard. He hasn't really gotten that much time to show off his talents because of how deep the Celtics rotation has been. But this year, he's going to get the chance. I think he's a really good shooter, and I feel like he could play kind of like how Jordan Poole was when the Warriors won the title because he just gives off those vibes. And if you watch him, I think you'll understand why. Next up, they're playing tonight. The Los Angeles Lakers. They're going to be good. Anthony Davis is the team's best player when he's healthy. Last year in the playoffs, when he was playing well, he looked like a top five player in the NBA, maybe even a top three. He was amazing on both defense and offense. He was unstoppable. Those games where he would go toe-to-toe with Jokic were just so fun to watch. LeBron, he's motivated to get another ring. And when we've seen LeBron do this before, he's proved to us that he's still one of the best of the world, even though... He's going into his 21st season, which is just crazy to think of. LeBron is just unbelievable. So much respect, and I love watching LeBron play basketball. It's just amazing how he's still so good, even at his age. And then, I love Austin Reeves. Team USA this summer in the FIBA World Cup, he was awesome. And one of the biggest takeaways for fans was that Reeves is really good. It wasn't just a one-year thing. Reeves got a deal that was a little bit on the lower end for the caliber of a player he is, but that's because of some of the rules with the contract. I think Reeves is going to be great this year, and I'm looking forward to watching him play and ball out because I think he's going to be awesome, and I think he could be in the conversation for most improved player this season. My New York Knicks. I think they're going to be better this year than last year. Brunson had a good campaign on Team USA, R.J. Barrett, last year in the playoffs, showed that he could play basketball and showed that he's a good player. And he was pretty good on Team Canada. Dante DiVincenzo, I love the signing. You add to that whole Villanova feel of the Knicks. And also, we have a full season of Josh Hart. I'm just going to talk briefly about the Knicks because I'm going to talk about them a little bit later. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're going to be very good. I think they're going to be a top four team in the West. I love Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's so fun to watch. It's just so crazy how he's so slithery in the paint. He could always get to the basket. And he's not going to the free throw line because of trying to go in for contact and, in a way, flop and get to the line. He just gets fouled because it's nobody knows where he is. He's that good. He's just so hard to control in the paint. And you don't see that from a guard. He's a special player, and I'm really excited to watch him. Also... Josh Giddy, I think he's one of the best passers in the league. He's improving every year, and I can't wait to watch that. Also, Jalen Williams, number eight Jalen Williams. Those last two months of the season, he was 
amazing. He got himself into second in the rookie of the year race. He's such a great player. I think he's going to be even better this season. I can't wait to see what he does. And also, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're actually going to have a real center. Chet is a center. He's tall as a center. Last year, they had the other Jalen Williams playing center, but he's 6'8", 6'9". Now Chet, 7 foot. They're going to have that lob threat, and he can shoot, and he's a really good defender. He's going to have a lot of blocks. It's going to be hard to drive in on him and not risk getting blocked. Chad, I think, is going to be pretty good, and he's also going to be in that Rookie of the Year race this season. And they drafted Kaysom Mollist, who was the best perimeter defender in this past draft class. When I'm saying perimeter defender, I'm really specifically talking about him being a point guard because I feel like Victor Mabinyama is going to be a great defender everywhere. I'm going to talk about that, too, a little bit later. But, yeah... Casey Wallace, I think he's going to be a great player, and he's very NBA-ready. And they also brought in former EuroLeague MVP, Vasily Micic. He could be a good player for them off the bench. They just have a lot of depth, and they have so many assets that they could make a huge splash trade at the deadline and maybe go for winning it all. We'll see. Now I'm going to talk about Scoot Henderson. I think he's a stud. He's amazing. I loved watching him last year in the G League. Those games where he played against Victor, it was just so fun to watch. I think he's going to end the season with people saying he's already a top point guard in the league. He's so good, he's so fast, he's so explosive, and he's just so fearless whenever he goes to the basket. It's like he's coming in with such a high motor that he's going to get to the basket whether guarding him or not. I think Scoot is just that good, and he's a huge X-factor for a team, especially like the Blazers who are in a rebuild phase. But Scoot could definitely be that franchise player for them in the years to come. And now, the big guy, Victor Wembinyama. I've heard it said multiple times, but I completely agree. He is an alien. I don't get it. I don't get how he's that tall and the way he moves. There's been no player ever like him. He moves like a point guard, yet he's 7'4", maybe even 7'5". His wingspan is 8 feet wide. It's amazing. It's so crazy to watch. There was a sequence against the Warriors in preseason where he made a made a really hard shot, then he made another leading shot, then he blocked Clay Thompson's three-pointer. He ended up going down the other end and dunking it, and then he had a crazy play on defense against Andrew Wiggins, which he ended on the other possession with a three. That whole thing happened in 90 seconds, and it's just crazy to see what Victor could do. I'm getting so excited talking about this. I can't wait to watch Victor Wembanyama this year. The, the Dallas Mavericks, they're trying to prep for him. They're using these these sticks to kind of emulate what Victor's wingspan is. It's just crazy how you're going to have to prepare for Victor on defense and on offense, but he's such a different player from everyone that it's going to be so hard. The way he shoots, his shot release point is so much higher than everyone else's. I don't know if it's going to be possible to block Victor Wembanyama unless you get him while he's going up. Also, his defense is just otherworldly. I could see him winning Defensive Player of the Year because of how many blocks and steals he can get per game with this crazy frame. Like a lot of teams now, when in other years, then they would take three-pointers that they would think are uncontested. Some of those are not uncontested anymore when you're playing against the Spurs because of how long Victor Wembanyama is. It's just crazy, and it's so fun to watch. We've never seen anything like it before, and I can't wait, and it's just going to be so fun to watch him. He is a human highlight reel. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for when there's a huge highlight. Everyone's going to know about it. It's going to be amazing. I think Victor Wembanyama is just that much of a great player. I think he's going to be such a good player in his career. 
And if he stays healthy, I think he will do that. Now, it's time for the Jacobs jugular. This week, I'm not doing a football jugular. I'm doing a basketball jugular. This might sound a little bit crazy, but I think that the Knicks will win the East and make it to the NBA Finals. Yes, this may be the bias of being a Knicks fan, but I just think they have that it factor. These guys really care. You saw Brunson last year. He cared. Randall, if he doesn't get hurt, and if he's healthy in the playoffs, maybe it'll be better. Brunson was so good last year, and he was so good in the playoffs, so good in that Cavs series. If he could be that same player, even better, you have that. RJ Barrett, if he takes a huge leap, not even just a huge leap, even just a leap up, he was great in the playoffs last year compared to what he was in the regular season. He was good on Team Canada. If he could just improve that and become that guy that everyone thought he would be when he was drafted, then the Knicks are going to be really good. Also, I'm going to talk about MSG. They have arguably the best crowd in basketball when they're good and when they're winning games. It's really hard to play in MSG when the stadium is packed with all those fans cheering on the Knicks. And just to put it out there, there might be a trade for Joe Ellen Bede. I don't know what's going to go on with that. I don't know if it's happening. It's just a rumor. And I still have mixed emotions about it because Embiid, he hasn't been a great playoff performer, but he's still Joel Embiid. That's something else. But yeah, I think the Knicks are going to win the East. And if they do, I'm going to be ecstatic. I am so excited for this season. I can't wait for Wednesday night, tomorrow night, home game against the Celtics. On ESPN primetime for the basketball game. I can't wait to watch it. And I'm hoping we do really well this season. Anyways, that's it for the podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with a week eight recap of the NFL season. Plus, I'm going to talk about the NBA too because it'll be a weekend. Thank you.